You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music. And sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. everyone, today we're going to be talking about Steely Dan, Can't Buy a Thrill. With me I have Isaiah. Hello. Riley. Hello. Romy. Yeah. And Wyatt. Hello. Hi. Can't Buy a Thrill is the debut studio album by American rock band Steely Dan, released in November of 1972 under ABC Records. The producer was Gary Katz, and the genre is soft rock, folk rock, hmm, and pop. And I'm going to read the all-music review from Stephen Thomas Erlewine. Walter Becker and Donald Fagan were remarkable craftsmen from the start, as Steely Dan's debut, Camp by a Thrill, illustrates. Each song is tightly constructed with interlocking chords and gracefully interwoven melodies, buoyed by clever cryptic lyrics. All of these are hallmarks of Steely Dan's signature sound, but what is most remarkable about the record is the way it differs from their later albums. Of course, one of the most notable differences is the presence of vocalist David Palmer, a professional blue-eyed soul vocalist who oversings the handful of tracks where he takes the lead. Palmer's very presence signals the one major flaw with the album in an attempt to appeal to a wide audience. Becker and Fagan tempered their wildest impulses with mainstream pop techniques, Consequently, there are very few of the jazz flourishes that came to distinguish their albums. The breakthrough single, Do It Again, does an impressively tight Latin jazz beat, and Ruin in the Years has jazzy guitar solos and harmonies, and the production is overly polished, conforming to all the conventions of early 70s radio. Of course, that gives these decidedly twisted songs a subversive edge, but compositionally, they aren't as innovative as their later work. Even so, the best moments are wonderful pop songs that subvert traditional conventions and more than foreshadow the paths the band would later take. Alright, what do we think of Can't Buy a Thrill by Steely Dan? I love it a lot. So much, in fact. I've been listening to Do It Again, and Only a Fool would say that on repeat ever since I heard it. Hmm. It's very good. That radiates the same energy as how I felt when I was listening to the album. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop listening to Pretty Savage after I heard it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just excited that we're finally delving into yacht rock territory. Oh, yes. For those who don't know, yacht rock. For those who don't know, yacht rock is the music that you play when you're on your yacht. If you're rich oh. enough. Yep. <laughs> it's like a. And here's where I'd keep my like yacht a, um, if I had one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, and like it's a very specific strain of '70s and '80s soft rock yeah. that Taylor made for going on a yacht. It, it got its name yeah. from like this mockumentary series <laughs> that from yeah. like. I still have yet ago. to see that. I still have yet to see that. 
But yeah, most of Yacht Rock consists of like uh, uh, Seals and Crofts, Jimmy Buffett, Loggins and Messina, and of course, our very own Steely Dan. And for what it is, this is some nice Yacht Rock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, didn't I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I can picture myself on a yacht many times in this album. Definitely, definitely. If yeah. I could ever go on one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said with um with Brooklyn, I was the charmer under me. I said that uh, the perfect song to listen to while taking a beautiful morning walk. That's the closest hmm. description of imagining myself on anything. Hmm. But yeah, it's really good. I, yeah. I love the. That was. Uh, you that- know. Yeah, that was like one of the uh, songs that David Palmer sings on. And fun fact, this is the only album of Steely Dan of which David Palmer sings on. So we'll never get another Dirty Work or Brooklyn again. Dude, Donald Fagan's vocals, I love them. Yep, you so said, good. I think you said they're as smooth as butter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I Smooth th- like butter. That was like a forever reference. <laughs> I was I was wondering what you guys would think of Fagan's vocals because he's like not really up to perfect pitch. He's not exactly who you'd call a music theater singer. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think his voice fits the feel yeah. of the album perfectly. I'm, if anything, I thought you guys would like his voice better than you like Iggy Pop's. <laughs> At least he's not consistently yeah. yelling all the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Screaming for five minutes while a bunch of while but I can't talk today. <laughs> while a bunch of really big chaos happens for five yeah. minutes. Yeah, you know. If you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about LA Blues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I was in the record store today, and my friend who works at the record store, you'll never guess which album he was playing. Funhouse. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. And no one bat, no one bat an eye, no one raised their brow when L.A. Blues played. It was like, it was just a regular... L.A. Tis- Blues actually played? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It seems like L.A. Blues plays in that store all the time, and everybody's just used to it. <laughs> yeah, the guy there said it was one of his favorite albums, so it's like, this is just like a regular Tuesday for us. <laughs> that is the opposite of a man of culture. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, this album, it's got a lot of great stuff on it. Although I'm not too keen on a bunch of stuff, there is some stuff that I could listen to again and feel like I'm on a yacht. A yacht. A yacht. 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 Don't look back. Yacht. Yeah. Is this going to be happy episode? I love this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, while the music is nice and breezy and tropical, uh, the lyrics, on the other hand, are not. Like, uh, do I it never ag- actually looked at the lyrics. Yeah, like, Do It Again is like about an undercover drug raid, I believe. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty weird that, like, uh, apparently they used the instrumental opening in a, like, a PBS promo encouraging contribution to public broadcasting. So, uh. not the best song to use for this sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Dirty Work, it's a nice little, it's like a perfect pop jam ballad thing. I, I love that song. It's about a man who's having troubles with his, uh, with his wife. Dirty Work is good. Yeah, it's, it's a great yeah, song. Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah. I go to a grocery store that plays a lot of this, um, a lot of this like seventies pop and eighties pop stuff, and I they played that song one time. 
I mean, it's song. it's. I mean, it slaps. It slaps. Yeah. It does. Yeah. The sitar yes. solo. I want to do it again, though. Oh my god. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> so it's immediately followed by a uh, organ solo by Fagan, who uh, who he uses like his organ has like a pitch bending thing where. It, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can just you play like G minor and then you just use the uh, pitch bending thing and you're playing F sharp minor. Mm. Can we talk about Midnight Cruiser though? Oh yeah, that was like the like, that was like the big stinker for me. Yeah, same. I I didn't really like it. I like really? some parts, but most of it is just like uh, I don't know. I loved it. One of my notes was going on my playlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of all the yacht rock tunes on this album, that that one is probably like. A Disney Cruise Line knockoff. That's the song that they'd be playing on a Disney Cruise Line. Disney Cruiser. Yeah. Midnight Cruiser, Fire in the Hole, and Change of the Guard are my least favorite tracks on the album. For me, it's Midnight Cruiser, Brooklyn, and Change of the Guard. So. Oh, Brooklyn! I love Brooklyn. I haven't been to Brooklyn, so I can't relate. Uh, I've never been to Brooklyn oh my God. either, and I have. And so I have it on DVD. I haven't seen the movie Brooklyn either. <laughs> yeah, so I'll put it on my wheel for my podcast, assuming I ever so, get to it. So uh, the uh, Midnight Cruiser has is the only song that's not written by Fagan and Becker. It's actually written and sang by the drummer Jim Hodder, and that explains a lot. Mm. I mean, I guess if it was on its own, like a little '70s novelty tune. It wouldn't be so bad, but it's on the same album as uh, "Do It Again" and "Dirty Work," so you had so you have a lot to compete with. Yeah, I feel like there's another song, but I can't put my finger on it. Oh well, let's let's talk about. Uh, only that. a fool would say that. Oh yeah, only a fool would say that. It, it's a really nice breezy tune. Kind of reminds me of Buffett a bit, but uh, I especially love the title. Like only a fool would say that. Like. I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to use that for, like, uh, if someone disagrees with me or basically anyone else in, in the room, I'm just going to say, only a fool would say that. <laughs> Such ignorance. You can, uh, and, like, if someone disagrees with me, I'll be like, this is so sad. Alexa, play only a fool would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really only takes your... Only a fool your... would say that's, like, my second favorite track. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. That's my favorite one. That one and Do It Again are my favorite ones. Yeah. Oh, dude. You share the same opinion, Riley. This is epic. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Only a Fool Would Say That is a song written about Donald Fagan's hatred of hippies. More specifically, John Oof. Lennon. Wow. Oh, really? Uh... No wonder Riley likes it so much. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, Only a fool... Excuse me? Wait, what'd you say? Only a Fool About That was written about Fagan's hatred of hippies. More so, John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get that now. That's funny. Yeah. Donald's like, John's saying, there will be peace on Earth. And then Donald's a pessimist. He's like, only a fool would say that. <laughs> so basically, Donald Fagan believes that peace will never exist. I would make a fool on the hill joke, but McCartney wrote that song. Hmm. So I can't quite make it. Yeah. And by the way, the stuff that Donald Fagan sang at the end in Spanish, he's literally just saying, only a fool would say that in Spanish. That was Fagan. Oh. I thought it was just like a session instrumentalist. Yeah. He has a weird voice. He, he he sounds like a regular guy when he's talking, but when he's singing, he sounds like 
not like that. Yeah, a lot of people don't sound the way they sing. There's this band called Sparks. They're they're an LA band in, in the 70s and uh, the lead singer is a uh, he has a really nice high falsetto voice, but when he's speaking, he sounds like he's from like South Africa. But he's from L.A. Oh, yeah. Edgar Wright made a movie about the Sparks Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, I was hoping it would show up in theaters in my area, but it's not there. We'll get to some Sparks and on this on this podcast. It, it's, I have a couple of Sparks songs on my phone. It might just be their one album that's got really popular, but still. Times are hard. You're afraid to pay the fee. So you find yourself somebody job for free when you need a bit of love cause your man is out of town that's the time you get me running and you know I'll be around I'm a fool to do your dirty work oh yeah I don't want to do your dirty work for uh, only a fool would say that I liked it. I really did like it a lot. But for only a fool would say that I wrote. Uh, would y'all call me a fool if I said I liked Buffett's Yacht Rock better than I did Steely Dan's? Buff- Buffett's got some good stuff. Thank you. I need to prove my film teacher wrong. He thinks he has only one good song, but no, he has like ten good songs. I don't. Yeah, um, I don't know if I've heard any songs by him. Uh, Jimmy Buffett played in my area a few years ago. I would, I might have considered seeing him, but the tickets got sold out rather quickly. Yep, they, his his group it, follows it, him it, like it a cult. Like a sm- yeah, <laughs> he has, like he has a very like it was a it was a smaller venue, so uh, it was pretty much justified and uh i all re-mentioned two of the uh three jacks on the uh blue collar staples spectrum those being the uh, steely dan and buffett but who's the third one well I-, I said this a couple episodes ago but if you take away the jazziness of steely dan then you basically have eagles just eagles no the eagles as Kay said eagles i don't use the word the because i'm special <laughs> just <laughs> Talking Heads. Talking Heads doesn't have the in it. The Eagles thinking of their name, the. (laughs) They just cross out the. (laughs) Yeah. So also, um, in uh, 1976's Royal Scam album, Steely Dan name drops Eagles in one of their songs. Oh, God. The Royal Scam, the album cover, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'll just put it out there. It's not the best. Yeah. Oh well. What oh are you yeah. Do Steely Dan also. They also snubbed Eminem and Radiohead for like the 2000 Grammy for album of the year. <laughs> that radiates the same. En- <laughs> that's it. That radiates the same energy as Jethro Tull beating out Metallica for heaviest album in like '89. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. Watch video that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like Elvis Costello getting beaten for best new artist by like a two-hit wonder disco band called Taste of Honey. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going back to that Jethro Tull thing. None of the members showed up because they thought they had zero chance of winning. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> we'll get to some Jethro Tull in this uh, 
Aqualung, obviously. And uh, I've heard of that album, but I've never gave it a listen. Yeah, it's really good. So, um, oh, and uh, Thick as a Brick, too. But yeah. Okay, wait. That when you guys say <laughs> Grammy snubbed, honestly, those radiate the same energy as Shakespeare in Love beating Saving Private Ryan at the Oscars for Best Picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like uh, Green Book uh, beating Roma and Black Panther. Or, or Crash uh, beating Brokeback Mountain. Or uh, yeah. La La Land actually winning, but then it's revealed that Moonlight was the winner the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's the best oscar moment of all time (laughs) (laughs) yes i didn't realize how great kings would be that that was a very solid track yeah i like Kings. and i thought from the beginning i thought that fire in the hole would be same but it's not yeah fire in the hole is not it's got a great opening but then it just becomes really nothing yeah i i I didn't hate it though i can still listen to it and vibe Eh. yeah it's reeling all... in the years though oh yes <laughs> that i knew that i knew i th- i knew i forgot that song thank you <laughs> i like for... the guitar riff who doesn't in the beginning yeah for the longest time i thought they were saying reeling in the east so <laughs> <laughs> this, song, this song took me by surprise when i when i thought it was reeling in the years yeah <laughs> reeling in the yeet <laughs> are you reeling in the yeet <laughs> <laughs> Are you reeling in the yee? Are you reeling in the yee? Fun fact, the uh, guitar solo on Reeling in the Ears, you know, the dual guitar solo that leads into the uh, middle guitar solo, that's Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page's favorite guitar solo of all time. No (laughs) shit. Dude, it, how did I miss that? Yeah, it's it quote K. It slaps, <laughs> or sl- or in the words of Cade, slaps harder than any of the songs in this musical. <laughs> slaps harder than L.A. Blues. <laughs> uh, well, I obviously, anything by the Wiggle slaps harder than anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, wait. Uh, Everything by the Muppets slaps harder than most of the stuff. Anything by the Backyard again slaps harder than this entire like three quarters of this album. Yeah, the the uh, the one quarter being uh, "Do It Again," "Dirty Work," and "Ruin in the Years." Yes. Can you can you picture that slaps harder than three quarters of this album? <laughs> yeah. Can you you know and. Slaps harder than seventy percent of this yeah. album. You know, reeling in the years is uh, the Steely Dan's most played uh, song on Spotify. And oh. well, yeah, I never really got that. I love the song, but "Do It Again" is way better in my yeah. opinion. Didn't you say like you only uh, reeling in the east just recently? Yeah, that's the only <laughs> song from that's this like, album I heard prior to listening to it. Every day is the same energy as Super Tramp's logical song being their greatest pop hit. And only Riley only just listened to it when uh, when we did Breakfast in America. She hadn't heard it anywhere beforehand, somehow. <laughs> oh, we never talked in depth about how how your mom thinks uh, Logical Song is a rap song. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she thinks there's a bunch of rhyming in the in the verses. That's why she thinks it's rap. Uh, my mom. Well, oh, that's a hard mom, cold. My Tumble mom. Double journey. <laughs> 
My mom singled out the, this one Eminem lyric about like uh, mom spaghetti. You left through the window. That's why I call it window pain or something. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. This Wait, is... hold on. Well, <laughs> Wait, that reminds me. There's a chance the rapper lyric that says my tour got eight legs like Daddy Long. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm sorry if you guys heard my dog. Yeah, that's all good. Okay, wait. Here we go. That reminds me of charity. like. So, um, oh, it's hard, cold, tumble of a journey, worthy of a gurney, a bumble down, slot face, smack with the mace, certain to the base as our stumble down. It's a path that leads the only one place horrible to reach. It's a crumble down, a hard, this... cold, tumble of a journey, jumble of a journey to urine town. I'll stop. This free this freestyle slaps harder than logical songs rap. <laughs> <laughs> I was just pumping the whole time. You couldn't see it, but I'm what? I'm just I'm I'm just glad that uh, Steely Dan didn't do a rap song. It, Dude, I would uh... love to hear that. I won't even lie. Yeah. I want to hear that. But like yeah. looping like session musicians in the back. Ooh, sounds. Oh fire. yeah, I should probably mention like. Uh, before I talk about- I would about... commit a crime to listen to a Steely Dan rap song, and if that'd be listening to LA Blues, then I would gladly do so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, this is a six-piece six piece band, but they let David Palmer go for their next album, Countdown to Ecstasy, so now it's just a five-piece band. And, guys, I, I hate to tell this to you, but, uh, there is no one in the band Steely Dan whose name is Dan. No! I have been lied to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My life has been a like lie. How... I was today years old. Andrew, please tell me there's just someone like in the how... band named Steely. Just like how... The closest yeah, we... Yeah, that's just like how... It's just like how nobody in the Doobie Brothers, another great yacht rock band, I was is just... actually named Doobie. Doobie. I was just talking about that. <laughs> Uh, is that a Jojo reference? Doobie? <laughs> the closest we have is uh, Donald Fagan, but only if you pronounce it Donald Fagan. <laughs> <laughs> Next you're gonna tell me there's no one in the Beatles named the Beatles. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. <laughs> Wait, no one's actually a Beatle? My life's gonna lie. <laughs> my life is so full of problems and trouble. I'm gonna be making that for joke. For some reason, my parents think I'm British. Wait, no. For some reason, my parents think they're British. <laughs> I'll be making that joke when we cover Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, because in one of the lyrics for one of the songs, it's which one's pink. Oh, yeah. Because there's no one in the band named Pink Floyd. <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> Yeah. There's no I'm one sorry, with the last you. name Floyd either. Uh, Floyd, you seem to tell me Floyd Pepper isn't in Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you telling me that Pepper Ann isn't in Sgt. Pepper's? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I love this. <laughs> this is the most fun I've had on an episode in so long. Yeah, it's great to be back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. you mean to tell me there's no owls in Owl City or mannequins in Jack's Mannequin? There's no <laughs> owls in the Owl Shack? Oh, wait, there is. <laughs> oh, my God. There is, but, like, why do they call it the Owl Shack? <laughs> there's no suicide in Suicide Squad. There's no blades <laughs> in Blade Runner. <laughs> there's no birds uh, in there's... Birds of Prey. 
<laughs> there was like a letterbox list somewhere that had that graded movies like zero out of ten based on like the accuracy of their titles or something. Like <laughs> okay, no wait, I found a high squad. All right, huh? we're we're getting a bit off topic, but that's what <laughs> yeah. I love about this podcast. Yeah. So uh, turn that heartbeat over again. The last song on the album. The Steely Dan subreddit has called it the second worst song off the album. But really? I, think, I, t- I, I, I take like umbrage it. to that. I take umbrage. Yeah, I said it's not the perfect closer, but it's a great track. Yeah, and uh, Fagan's singing on it, and so is Palmer. And also, so is Walter Becker, the other uh, big mind in Steely Dan. And uh, it's the only song on this album which he sings on, and you can't even tell him apart because... You just can't because you haven't heard his singing voice before. <laughs> and sadly, this is the only uh, song I believe that Walter Becker ever sings on, so we'll never get to hear him sing again. Dang. Not that look like we heard him sing because I still can't tell him apart. <laughs> Their voices do blend in a bit. Yeah. Well, if pa- Palmer and Becker were singing at the same time, I'd be yeah. okay with that. But you can tell Fagan's voice from a mile away. But But yeah, turn that heartbeat over again. Good track. Yeah. It's, it's it pretty solid. The, yeah. said it was the lawful good version of Getting Better by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> could it, yeah, I'm, I bet another reason why Donald Fagan hates John Lennon is because he was cruel to his woman and beat her and kept her apart from the things that oh she loves. Oh my god. But is he changing his scene? And doing the best that he can? Yeah. It's easy <laughs> if you try. <laughs> I have to admit, he's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I all the time. Shit when I'm 64. <laughs> <laughs> and so, can we talk about that crazy album cover? Oh yeah, I. It's it's a good album cover. Yeah, I like. It it also makes no sense. It's like a big mouth, and then there's a woman's legs and a shirtless guy, and then it's like a train station. What was Steely Dan trying to represent with this? I don't know, but I do get a bit of Latin inspiration, which does kind of go with the album. Yeah. With, like, Mm. the Latin jazz feel for some of the tracks. Yeah. In 1972, there were six members of the band. There was uh, Donald Fagan, Walter Becker, David Palmer, drummer Jim Hodder, uh, and then guitarists Jeff Baxter, who would later join the Doobie Brothers, and Denny Diaz. And come, 19, and come 1976, only Walter Becker and Donald Fagan would remain in that band. That's why they used a bunch of session musicians yeah, they, for the rest of the They were albums, huh? obsessed with the absolute perfection of music like 
They would mentally and emotionally torture the Sesson musicians in order to get what they want. Yeah, that's one of the few things I've heard from Steely Dan before going into this album, that they use a ton of Sesson musicians. And for all the factors that I do like about Steely Dan, that's the one thing I don't like about them because they don't think they're good enough, so they have to hire people they like in order to to get what they like. And who they hire, they're really good, but... uh, it really does say something when you don't have enough confidence in your own band. The 1,000 takes of Maxwell's Silver Hammer spread <laughs> over a whole musical career. <laughs> That's Steely Dan. Yeah, Paul McCartney really is Donald Fagan and Walter Becker melded into one person. And, and, many a- and in many aspects, Steely Dan is like the antithesis of the philosophy that singers are more important than the music, which is found in like music theater. Like, they are obsessed with every single note being so precise and whatnot. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters how they... It does... They do matter how they sing, but uh, they think what they're playing is much more important. And this podcast I listen to, the, the head guy, that's what he doesn't like about Steely Dan. It's just... It's just too perfect for him, and in a way, his umbrage with Steely Dan is the same umbrage I had with Next to Normal, and I know that I won't be forgiven for a long time. (laughs) The theater kids will not stop until I like it. Well, I do like it, but they want me to love it. But yeah, also, um, people like this album. Our our old friend Robert Christgau gives this an A for absolutely okay. (laughs) Hey, okay. <laughs> That's like Shaprilla is giving like a six out of ten of Frozen Two, saying it was okay, and like a seven out of ten movie is pretty epic. <laughs> Ever yeah, since last friend. episode, but hurt teen Chrisgow has been living in my head rent free. <laughs> Wait until we get to all the prog stuff. He's gonna get really oh, butt hurt. No. Close to the Edge, yeah. worst album ever. 18-minute title track. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he he hates anything that nods to classical music. He's oh, my a, God. He's a jazz purist. <laughs> and he hates jazz fusion for some reason, though. Uh, What does he think of Weezer's variations of a shaker hymn? I don't know. I, I haven't looked into Yo, his, I haven't looked into his stuff about Weezer. Ever lived. Yeah. I will say, though, that... Uh, Christgau has been a uh, admirer of Steely Dan throughout their run. Like he hasn't given anything below a B minus to them, and uh, he gave 1974's Pretzel Logic an A plus. For some gosh darn reason, he gave Pretzel Logic an A plus. It's because he didn't lose that number. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky, for that not remi- losing that number. No- that reminds know- me of the picture you sent, where it was like if Ricky didn't lose that number, and it's like this rundown. So- <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ricky don't lose that number I know a couple people that hate it but I can't because it I kind of resonate with the lyrics like lost a friend but hey if you change your mind don't lose that number but when we get to pretzel logic I'll definitely talk about how I like that song but um I think we've run out of steam here so let's just go around out, out of 10 Isaiah what would you give this um I'll give it an 8.9 out of 10 mm. I liked it a lot do it again is a great opener and overall, it's just a great album. 8.9. 8 out of 10. I like it. A lot. Solid 8. I'll give it 8.5. There was no songs I disliked, and I was bopping my head along to all of them. Not headbanging to Slipknot, though? <laughs> no. Yep. <laughs> yep, this is a... 
These are some nice butt-shaking, toe-tapping tunes, but uh, <laughs> I do have some faults with it. Like, uh, Steely Dan is uh, not exactly evolved on this album, like uh, the review from earlier said. They, the uh, jazz flourishes, what made them special from other bands, is it's not really here. It's, like, dumbed down for pop for stuff mm. on this album. And knowing that, I wonder what you guys think of their other albums, because... Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to hear what they have yeah, later because, in their discography. Yeah, because uh, this album doesn't really sound much like their uh, other albums. In a way, that's a blessing and a curse, and like, ooh, you, you guys get to try something new, and like, oh, but what if you guys hate it? I've heard one track from Asia, and I love it a lot. Uh, was it De- So, I'm was hopeful. It, was it Deacon Blues? No, it was Josie. Oh yeah, that's a, that's nice great song yeah i love so, peg from that album it's so good yeah so um nice little yacht rock stuff yacht rock's not really my style but i could dig it change of the guard i didn't really feel much brooklyn's just okay midnight cruiser all that stuff is warrants like a a seven if i'm judging albums on the basis of uh, they have 10 songs i'm ranking it out of 10 i would give this a seven but then that would mean I'm putting it in the same tier as Eagles Hotel California, and this is obviously better than Eagles Hotel California, so I'm gonna be generous and give it a 7.5. I really did like it, I really do want to listen to it again. It's it's really just something you can just listen and feel, feel good. Alright, before we close up for the night, uh, I just want to take this opportunity. We're recording this on July 10th, and it just happens to be these would have been the birthday of two of my favorite men, um, Jerry Nelson from the Muppets team, most known as the Count, Floyd Pepper, Gobo Fraggle, and a bunch of others, and Stefan Carl Stephenson, otherwise known as Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town. So, Happy nice. birthday wishes to these guys. Happy birthday wishes. Happy, birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, let's celebrate by listening to the Count Censored and we are number one at the same time. <laughs> 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 All right. By the way, I, by the way, um, I looked this up and apparently uh, the title for the album, Can't Buy a Thrill, was a reference to the opening line of a Bob Dylan song called It Takes a Lot to Laugh, It Takes a Train to Cry. And if Jackson were here, he'd be really happy about this because we all know how much he loves Bob Dylan. You know Bob Dylan could have hired a singer, right? (laughs) It's called sarcasm. Slash S. Yeah, I'm real hyped to see what you guys think of Bobby D, Bobby Z, whatever. (laughs) Maybe I can get past his horrid singing. Wow, we have yeah, two. Like we have uh, two naysayers in the podcast. Wow, will we have more? <laughs> by the way, find I find out after the break. Oh, t- by the way, I find out Tune on the next, next episode week of Dragon Ball Z. When you hear Andrew say, <laughs> I also I I did our averages for the album. I did not expect Can't Buy a Thrill to be this high. It's higher than Hunky Dory by David Bowie. That that's wow. Oh, whoa. But hey, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it as long as I get to chill out in my yasht. I'm all good. Yasht. Yeah. Yeah. That was all me. I gave a very generous rating. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, spinning the wheel now. Actually, uh, I should probably make this announcement now. 
We're taking a two and a half week hiatus from this podcast because I'm uh, going to be going on a trip to Colorado and New Mexico. I'm going to spend a, be going to spend a lot of times on the on an airplane or off the grid, and I I won't have time to do any new episodes for most of July. But we will have a new episode out on Thursday, July 29th, and it is the closest episode to my birthday, which means it's going to be my birthday episode, which means I get to choose the next album. Yay! Let's go. Yeah. So the next, mm. my next album is one that uh, re- I really want you guys to like. It's really good. It's just, uh, it, it has both the uh, hard rockingness of rock and roll and the uh, polishness of musical theater. It just combines it into this weird and wonderful imagination of the man who wrote all of it. It's just an album that I love for so long now. And... <laughs> I think it would be perfect for this podcast, and I don't want to. I don't want to wait forever trying to spin that on the wheel. So I'm just going to use this for my birthday episode, uh, the special episode. The next album, my birthday album, we are going to be looking at is David Bowie: The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust Let's and the Spiders from go. Mars. Whoa! Let's go! Yeah! All right! Yeah! All right! Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it again. Or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>